feeling lost in the whirlwind of motherhood, struggling to keep your sense of self while doing the most important job in the world. This episode is for you. We'll dive into the heart of rediscovery, building authentic friendships and setting boundaries. Tune in and let's reignite that spark together. Welcome to the Mama Genius Hub podcast, your hub for all things motherhood and self-discovery. I'm your host, Michelle DeKaiser, here to empower and connect you. Genius isn't a word around here, it's our guiding light. Guiding kids' genius, empowering mama's purpose, navigating motherhood, igniting connections, including the transformational powers of women's circles, unleashing self-care, and success stories of mothers just like you. Join us on our journey to live in your genius zone. Subscribe and let's do motherhood together. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Mama Genius Hub podcast. I'm so excited to have Brenda here today. We're going to be talking about how to not lose it in that role of motherhood and how to make sure you're keeping who you are as part of that and how we're going to go through that. But before we get to bring Brenda on, I'm going to introduce her first. She is a certified woman's midlife coach, author, and speaker and retreat leader, can't wait to go to one of hers, who loves helping women ignite their purpose. We have so much in common. Her mission is to support women through their life transitions and help them connect to their passions, purpose, and people. I love that. Through her coaching workshops, retreats, and Find Your Lady Tribe podcast, Brenda helps women connect and communicate with respect, love, and trust. Welcome so much, Brenda. Thank you for coming on today. Oh, Michelle, it's my pleasure to be on uh, your show today. Thank you. We're just going to cut right into it, Brenda. Let's just start with what's your why for wanting to do all this? Uh, Well, I guess it all just boils down to my own experience and my own life's journey of, you know, becoming a mother. Actually, even before that, you know, uh, as I grew up, I had a lot of, you know, boxes that I wanted to check off, right? Um, you know, graduating high school, getting into a good college and graduating, check, check, uh, finding a partner, getting married, check, check, you know, buying a home, then having kids, right? Check, check. And I got, you know, towards, you know, about 15 years into that last check mark. And my kids were uh, kind of, we were just starting start to talk about what their next, you know, phase of life, going off to college or into the workforce or whatever. And I had a, I guess, a, a freak out moment when I was like, oh my gosh, life as I knew it is about to end. <laughs> and in the process of being the best mom that I, you know, being the best at my job as mom. I didn't really realize it at the time, but over the decades, you know, 15 years plus, I had slowly let go of everything that I loved, you know, beyond my family, all of my interests I'd let go of, all of my activities had been replaced by kids and family activities, even my friendships, I had let neglect, I neglected to a point where, yeah, you know, maybe we kept up with each other on Facebook or social media, but I didn't really know what was happening in their life. And they didn't know my life either, because who posts anything about real life, right? (laughs) Yeah, we think we do, but we don't. 
<laughs> so I went through a period of time where I was, uh, I call it my midlife funk, where I was just like, I don't know what's wrong with me. You know, I have this picture perfect life. Everything look is good looking, you know, out in from the outside. But why do I have this gnawing sense of dissatisfaction in my gut? Why do I not want to jump out of bed in the morning anymore? You know, I, ha I had a very busy life, a full agenda of to do's and commitments, but I just wasn't really wanting to do any of it. Mm -hmm. I just didn't have that fire in my belly anymore. And I didn't really, I was just looking for inspiration and I wasn't finding it. So it, I guess, you know, it took uh, a lot of prayers to the universe and to God and whoever would listen. And, you know, I'm open, I'm, I'm ready. I want, you know, I, I need some clarity of what's next for me. And uh, it honestly took a little too long, Michelle. It took me, you know, a few years to go muddle through this on my own. So I don't recommend the, the long route because there's a short route available. Uh, but what I finally discovered was that even though I was surrounded by people 24 seven, I was a little lonely because I didn't have um, any friendships in my life that really, really, really knew my life and really knew not only the great stuff that I'm posting and, and sharing and out and about, everything's great, life is good, but you know my fears and my failures and the crud that happens in everybody's life so I just felt kind of like an imposter out there. And I realized what, what I really needed to do was reconnect uh, with some of my older friends and find some new friends to support me in my growth in different areas of my life that I had let go of. Wow. So how did you go about doing that then? I mean, you said that was you're in this mix of it all and stuff. And then how do we go about figuring out where to go next? Yeah. Well, I, I honestly resorted to Google at one point, <laughs> to be honest, to find some answers. Why do I feel this way? You know, you know, and it came down to the, that loneliness factor. Loneliness does not necessi necessitate that you be socially isolated because I certainly wasn't. And most of us aren't. Um, it just means that you are lacking um, meaningful connections in your life mm. you know, beyond the people in your life who love you very much, but often, often need something from you. We need to grow friendships that uh, love us just because, right? So I, when I kind of had that aha revelation, I just decided, okay, I need to take some of these social media connections and my old friends that have just had been diminished to that and say, hey, I miss you. I need to see you can we get together for lunch, whatever? And, you know, as I've been working, as I've since then worked with other women, there's a lot of people who are really afraid of taking that step. That's weird. You know, what will they say? Cause we've, you know, we only text and we don't, we don't call and we, we never get together in person. It's all virtual. Well, but what I found was that it, I was, it was very well received. And I think those friendships were pretty grateful because maybe they had been experiencing some of that as well, but they hadn't put the, a name on it yet. So making a decision to make fr put friendship, have, let the friendships have a seat at the table again, and then putting a plan together to 
regularly implement time for friendship, for my friendship, um, so that we could spend time together. And when I when we'd get together, I'd be like, "Gosh, this is what I've been going through," and I would should be a little, become a little vulnerable and say, and share some of the not so pretty stuff. And it was really so well received, and and it gave them the okay and the opportunity and the freedom to then share with me. And that is where you really build those deeper connections is you know, the vulnerability piece um, and the regularity. So I started with a couple and then I made a, a, an intention to meet a few more because who doesn't need a few more good friends, right? And um, use strategies to get myself out there in the real world again and make some connections. I so just so fascinated by all that because it's so true like that we all of a sudden wake up and all of a sudden I know for you is a little bit later is as your kids are leaving the house and we've had this conversation in the past that's why I'm kind of just summarizing for the audience here is that you found that later and I kind of realized that sooner as for me it was as my kids were starting to get older and I was having those pockets of time and like what do I do with these what's missing and I and I think that piece of what's missing and you mentioned something about putting a name on it so did you put a name on it or is it just you were able to identify the feeling or how did that work for you? Well, the, the, that um, unsettling feeling in my gut was just not knowing where I fit in anymore outside of my family, you know, mm-hmm. not knowing yeah. where that sense of belonging that we all need, that we all just, it's one of our greatest needs is just that sense of belonging and knowing who your people are, where do you fit in? And so for you or, and for, for how you, you work at that, so the sense of longing, what do you feel is entailed in that that made you actually feel like you found people that you belonged with? Well, it's that, uh, that, that regular connection to keep, not only just keep up with, you know, what's going on in the day to day and what's going on with the family, but having that special one-on-one time with other people, with other women for, you know, I think that that feminine friendship, feminine platonic friendship is so important um, because we as women have this gift of a maternal kind of love that we only have gotten from our own mothers, but we really can provide that to each other. So by allowing ourselves that intimate time together, and when I say intimate, I just mean, you know, eyeball to eyeball. I mean, hugs. I mean, putting the devices away so you can be completely present and doing the dance of sharing things that uh, are a little more deep and meaningful. I love that so much. And so I just want to, let's, let's um, take a step back. And so for a mom who's out there, whatever stage, whether it's the elementary age or their kids are about to leave the nest, however, wherever they're at, and they're feeling that sense of loneliness and unsure, where do you suggest that they start? Well, I, so I say you got to start from the beginning and I, for, for me, and I think it's kind of a natural beginning spot where I kind of started falling off. This is a, just a great cautionary tale for the young mothers out there or the women who are what, what to become mothers. Um, when you have your first baby, 
um, even as you're carrying that baby to event to event to event, it's very much about you and your friendship circles, right? And your family. It's because the baby is not, doesn't have its own life yet. You're just bringing them along into your life, right? But when, when your children start breaking out and forming relationships and friendships with others, that's when you can't forget, you have to continue to, to build and deepen your own friendships. It's not, you know, self-care is not selfish and you will be better for it. But you have to make a conscious decision right from the get-go that you don't replace their, you know, your lunch dates and coffee dates with their play dates. You don't replace your activities, yoga, hiking, art, what, writing, whatever it is with their stuff, because it's so easy to go down that rabbit hole and not find, have any time for yourself. You've got to carve out that time for yourself. Uh, just a little bit each week is enough. It's not a crazy amount. Um, but to keep those those friendships not only current, but growing and deepening mm-hmm. for yourself um, and and keep continuing to explore your interests, maybe with a friend uh, that keep those. Don't let those things that you love go by the wayside because you're too busy getting your kids to art class and, you know, soccer. Right. I love that so much. And it just, it's a good reminder to, to bring that back a minute. And, and I know that we have a lot going on once you start having those kids. And so I love your suggestion of just let's take it slow. I mean, kind of bringing it down a little bit is like, remember some of the stuff that you like doing and don't forget about that. And even if it's just like you said, a little bit time a week, picking at least one thing that you to keep fostering that I like to put it um, like this is that, especially with the younger moms is once you start saying no to all the opportunities that we're given to you and, and you might be tired and, and, and that's part of self-care too, is learning what, what to say yes and no to, mm-hmm. but making those decisions is going to start changing who you are. It's going to start changing your outcome. And, and that's neither good nor bad. It's just something to recognize and identify now. What now, what do I want? Who do I want to hang out with? But I love how you said, don't replace your, time with their play dates because right. I know I was so guilty of that like also like, yeah. trying to, and then trying to combine the two like I want to hang out and I didn't always mess as well either with some of the kids that didn't necessarily quite get along and then you're trying to have fun t- mom time and then it's so hard to communicate with all the kids and stuff you're not really communicating that well no absolutely and just think of it this way also you really want to be an excellent role model for your children as a mother you know I mean, don't you want them to, to, you need to model this behavior of having a full life and not, and not be the, the mom when the, she sends her kids off to school that they worry about because the, she doesn't have a life. You know, what's she going to do without me? You know, that's a lot of pressure for a kid, right? Well, yes. And I've seen it happen over and over again where the kid's trying to find stuff for you to do when they're leaving because they're worried about you. Wow. I know. Yeah. When you put it like that, yeah, it, it's true because we do want our kids to be happy, healthy adults. And I've always said this too is, but if you're not role modeling that happy, healthy adult, how can they see that? We see the possibility of what's in front of us and right. we put that in front of us. It really makes it true. So I want to dive down into a little bit because we're also talking about what happens when you do lose yourself in motherhood and how do you recognize that? But then what, what are some things you could start to do to change that. Cause remember, I just I also want to point out before we turn over to you is just 
we're never in one place forever. Like we always have that choice to make a different switch, even if it's just a small one to get started. Right. Right. Well, you know, I, I think if, if you are already at a point in time when you're kind of, when some of the things that I've said, or, you know, you're like, Oh, I rec- I totally relate to that. And, uh, or you start just feeling, you know, it's harder to get out of bed in the morning. You're not excited about much, you know, and you don't have any, if you don't feel like you have a lot to look forward to, those are kind of some telltale signs that you, you know, maybe need to kind of do some internal reflection on what's important to you and who you really are. So there's some great um, exercises on kind of rediscovering your why and, and, you know, finding your passion and purpose again. And that's what I really love working with women on is just kind of finding that again and and seeing them light up when the goosebumps happen because, oh my gosh, that's it. That's it. Hey there, busy mamas. I know exactly how you feel overwhelmed, frustrated, and barely find time for yourself. Guess what? I've been there and I found a way out. I've got something just for you and it's called Busy Mama's 10 Ways to Reclaim Your Morning in One Minute. You see, during the chaotic times of getting my kids ready for school and wanting to pull my hair out, I realized I need to start taking care of myself too. It wasn't easy, but it was necessary. So here's your free gift for your first step to taking back your mornings and enjoying them again. And there's a bonus too to help you organize your mornings with your kids. So claim it at connectingmamas.com slash it's time to stop doing motherhood alone and start supporting each other. Um, so yeah, if you found yourself, you, it really takes a lot of uh, inner reflection. You just got to give yourself some time and space to maybe it's reading some books. Maybe it's visiting with some friends. Maybe it's hiring a coach of some sort to just kind of um, not tell you what to do because that's not what we do, but to ask the questions and to maybe reframe the way that we're looking at things so that you see it from a different perspective and go, Oh, I didn't think of it that way. You know, so those are some strategies. Another thing is that if you're in the throes of play dates and all that stuff, and you're mostly hanging out with your kids, friends, parents, uh, it's, it's really important. Uh, this is a, another lesson that I learned the hard way was uh, I call those friendships in my life now, the friendlies. And mm-hmm. it could be you know parents of other kids, or it could be just w- people you work with uh, that you're friends with. Um, but the friendlies are friendships of convenience. And they really only are there because of routine or something that you have that you share in common, like kids activities, kids sports or at work, you know, those types of things. And if you were kind of these are really real friendships and I don't I don't want to discount them at all because they're real and you have fun and you enjoy each other and all that. But what I found was when my kids went on and they're when the kids kind of went in their own directions at junior high or high school or whatever, middle school, I'm sorry, there's different, uh, whatever it might be, the sports team dismantles and it's a new team. Those parent friendships, even ones that you thought, thought you had a real connection with go away too. They really do. And it hurt my feelings. I was like, Oh my gosh, I thought we had more than that. But here's the thing. If you have a friend that you would like to build a friendship with a friend is a, noun, person, place, or thing, a friendship is a verb, take action. You have to do something more than just be there together. Uh, Take it to another location. (laughs) 
<laughs> take them, have them go to lunch with you, do something outside of the normal play date, the sports, whatever. Mm. Start building that friendship to give it some, its own legs so that when you when that group does dissipate, that friendship has something to stand on. Wow, I love that so much, just like in the midst of it, making sure that you're you're getting that connection with that person that you and, and I think it'll even show if you do put those invites out and then it'll be received or not received. Like we'll show you where that friendship stands. And the one thing since you, you brought up the friendlies, I'd also like you to go through um, the other dynamics of friendships that, that, that you love talking, that I've learned so much from you. Oh, sure, sure. So gosh, what are they? Let me think. So um, the there's the first level, I, I put together this friendship authenticity spectrum as I was doing my study and my research for the book. And um, the first, uh, and this, as I describe them, they are not people. I'll say she's like this, but it's really a, an aspect of anyone's personality, possibly. And the first level is called the diffident. And the diffident personality trait is one who kind of is feels socially unsure, um, you know, just maybe a little shy, um, maybe new to, feels like outside of the group, if there's a group of people and just really wants to be involved and engaged, but doesn't really know how to get started. And when we might find ourselves in the diffident group, if you know we're, we walk into a situation that's new, a new group, especially if they are established and you're new. Um, I was like, do you ever feel like a diffident and everybody always raises their hand? It's like, that's, that's okay. You know, it's, and just recognize that you're not alone most people have, feel like that sometimes, and it does take just a little bit of courage to get in there, into that group, and start some conversations. Um, the next uh, level would be called the social, and I'm sorry, jaded. Uh, I'm trying to think back here. Uh, jaded is the next level, and that is, you know, have you ever um, shared something with a friend that mm. you thought was in confidence, but it didn't go well. And you felt like your, that confidence was betrayed. Well, that's happened to almost everybody, <laughs> but some of us can get really stuck on that and feel like I can't trust women. I don't want to share anything. I've got to hold everything, you know, in, I can't share anything personal and, you know, been there, done that, not going back because I got hurt. And here's the thing, we have all experienced that. And maybe it was because we didn't set up the, the expectation correctly when we shared the news, or maybe that person just wasn't, you know, our person, whatever. But, and it's, so it's okay to have those feelings, but it's just not okay to live there because that's, a, that's an awful place to live. And it's not good for you, for your mind, body, or spirit. Uh, I think so just before we move uh, before you get to the next one, I think that touches also because I've mentioned the, the idea of the sisterhood wound a lot on the podcast mm -hmm. already. And so I feel like those two go hand in hand is that jaded feeling, that sisterhood wound of which sometimes just in, enables us from moving forward or finding other women who are the right fit for right. us. And it's just something to recognize. And so I just want to kind of link those two together because I've used the other wording as well. So just kind of link those right. together. Yeah, your tribe is out there. I'm, I'm telling you, your tribe is out there. But it does require a little courage again on your part to try again in this yes. situation. 
So the next notch on in the spectrum is the social. And the social is out there posting all her positive good stuff. And, you know, here's our vacation and my, our new car. And here's the kids in their sports and da, 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 all this happy stuff and happy memes and all love and light, right? And that's wonderful. I think we all have a little bit of that in us. And I think it's great to have that out there on social media, especially. especially. But this person um, is always willing to help, but she's never going to ask for help um, because she doesn't want anyone to see the muck that is the reality of her life because she's trying to keep up with everybody out here. So she feels totally uh, like fake, you know, maybe like just not being true and authentic. And it, it plays a toll. You can't live in the space either. We actually really want to, to put that social foot forward, but we can't live and exist there. All right. And then the last level on the authenticity spectrum is the confidant. And the confidant is, out, is sharing her heart, uh, sharing all her brags and her awesome successes and all that. But she's also sharing her failures and her hurts and her pain. And she's able to say, I love you to her friends and mean it because she has this sense of security. Of she knows who she is. She knows where she belongs and she knows where she fits in. And she has this tribe of support that no matter, she can take big chances and do things crazy, crazy things that she never thought she would do because if it doesn't go well, she has this place, to, a soft place to fall. And she also has this cheering squad saying, go, go, go. <laughs> You've got this. Um, so and the confidant level is not some, it's reserved for our family and our tribe of two to five besties. You know, it's not for everybody. You're not going to exist there either. You're just going to, you're going to be in different parts, in different situations and in different environments. But you want to strive to have that tribe for your confidant, you know, your authentic your true authentic self to be expressed fully. Wow. Thank you so much for breaking that down for us. And um, we're running at time. So we're going to jump into our last five questions before we get some takeaways at the end. Okay. So number one, what is your favorite book or resource that has had a significant impact on your journey as a mama? Oh boy. I, you know, I've read so many books and throughout my life. It was always very much a personal growth. <laughs> I rarely read just for fun. Um, so, but I think that, you know, all those success books out there really, really actually have, I didn't see them in, in the light of motherhood at the time, but it, but all of them really do. And I'm trying to think of just one, to be honest. Um, Maybe I'll just go back to how to win friends and influence people. And that is just all about being present with people and actively listening and being because I can't I can say I haven't always been an active listener as a mother even. But treating your kids with that respect and your family with that respect also to be present in your conversations and to actively listen and reflect back what they've said to you is just powerful and and makes them feel heard and seen and known and loved. So that probably would be the one. I love that. And I think I was talking about this even yesterday on the podcast was the idea of a lot of times what we're doing is we're talking to someone, but then we're always circling the room to see who else is also in the room and not giving that person our full attention mm -hmm. and how much we lost by not 
and and just having that idea because I can't emphasize this enough. It's just whoever's in front of you was supposed to be there for whatever reason, and it's your mm-hmm. job to cherish that and figure that out. And I love that that you brought that up. Yeah, thank you. Number two, what is a special family tradition or ritual in your household that brings joy and encourages connection? Well, I love this one, especially this time of year. We have uh, a, a lot of great family traditions, and and my goal because I either adopted them from my family or my husband's family or created them. Uh, And my goal was always just to create these traditions that the the kids, I had this big fear that once they left, they'd never come back (laughs) kind of thing because I've seen that happen in some families and that's kind of terrifying. So to create, instill these traditions that were so looked forward to and so highly anticipated that, they'd be crazy to miss it. And if they have to miss it, they'll be like, oh my gosh, I'm missing it. Um, but one of the things that we've always done um, with our, we did with our kids was uh, on Christmas Eve, we always go out to dinner. And interestingly enough, while we're out to dinner, Santa swoops through the house and puts jammies, a new pair of jammies under everybody's bed, a pillow. So when we get home from dinner, everyone races to their beds and changes into those brand new jammies and we go down to the tree and do our family gifts. So that's been a fun, fun tradition that I've even tried to kind of get out of it this year. And they said, absolutely not. <laughs> it's happening because <laughs> I have adult children now. Uh, my children are 21 and 24, but uh, those tra- they just Santa's going to make us stop one more time this year at least. <laughs> Just gonna, I'm going to let that one slide. Uh-huh. Number three, this is, um, we're opening up the conversation because a lot of times we, we ask each other and I even caught myself yesterday again, just automatically, how are you? And then a lot of times we'll just answer, especially as moms, I'm busy, blah, blah, blah. And so I even call, like I say, every time I'm, I'm this podcast is geared towards busy moms who have these things going on, but I want to redefine that. Mm-hmm. And how do we say it in different words. And so making, giving, breaking, opening up this conversation to every guest that comes on. Yeah, that's a great question. And, and one that, um, an answer I got from, from a distant relative one time is kind of what I've tried to adopt. And when someone says, asks, how are you? <laughs> I love just saying outstanding. <laughs> and then they want to know why, and their face lights up and you've, Whatever is going outstanding in my, in my life at that moment, I try to share. And then I ask, what's, what's going on? What's outstanding in your life right now? I love that word. Just outstanding. outstanding. It's like, it's, it's got like, it brings a smile to your face when you say it. That's yeah. a good, I love that. It's, it's kind of like saying, I'm unhappy with a smile on your face or something like that. It's just, it's not possible. You, I don't know. Everyone there has tried that. Say the word outstanding. It like just comes out like just that the. the the rhyme, the the cadence to it. That's the word that's mm-hmm. for cadence. All right, that brings us to number four. Describe what genius means to you and what it feels like when you live in your genius zone. So genius feels to me like inspired action. Like when you get that aha feeling of, oh my gosh, what if this? And then taking steps towards that is when I live in my genius is, is going receiving that from the universe, that gift of a thought, an idea, whatever, and then moving forward and making it real. 
I love the part of the word that you use receiving, because I know women, we have such difficulty with that idea of receiving. We are very good at giving. Right. We need to also be good at receiving. That's a good point. Yes. <laughs> Number five, how do you encourage your children to explore new skills and passions and live in their genius? I think that my husband and I have been pretty good at that through, throughout is that is, I think, encouraging them to try new things, um, get uncomfortable a little bit, because that's where the growth is. And every time you, you take a step towards something new or a little uncomfortable, the universe just, just opens up and says, here's more opportunity, more cool things that you would have never seen before. So I like to encourage uh, just trying to get out of habits of comfort zone. I mean, we want it sometimes and we we need it and we, we kind of need that to recharge. I'm an introvert, so I definitely love my little comfort, comfort spot to recharge. But you just, again, you can't exist there. And I think a lot of people kind of find themselves in habits where they're existing there. So I'm encouraging my kids to continually try something new or if they like say something and they, they're not sure, like nervous, you know, being that that place of support to say, hey, go for it. You've got this. And if not, hey, we'll try again. We're here for you. I love that so much. Well, so we're getting to the end. I'd love for you to tell everyone how they can get a hold of you and give them um, one tip that they could start today to help bring that connection out and help bring them out of that fog or whatever they're feeling if they feel lost in motherhood. Okay. Um, well, gosh, what was the first part of your question? Because I have the tip in my head. Go for the tip first. Okay. I'll repeat. <laughs> so, hey, the holiday seasons are a great time because you get to see people that you haven't seen in a long time. And maybe you're at, uh, at social events and you bump into people. Well, right then, you, you know, if you're at an activity or a, a party, you're not going to have the time to really deep dive into that conversation. And this is something I learned from my direct selling days and all that is make that list of people who don't have time right now to follow up with them in January to, to have that coffee, lunch, whatever. As you're you know making your rounds, let's get together in January, but actually set the date. Don't yes. just leave it. Don't just leave it up to like, let's do, let's connect next year. Great. Yeah, let's do that. We yay us. No, <laughs> get your keep your calendar with you. And highlight some times when you have open so that you can say, I've got this date. Let's have coffee or lunch or dinner or whatever. What do you got? And put it on the calendar. All right. I love that so much because even if something needs to be rescheduled, like when it's on the calendar, you're more likely to then at least pick a new date or, or meet it. Like, but you're so more likely to, for it to ever happen than like, oh, we're going to meet in the new year. Because how long mm -hmm. does it take to like find that date? Yeah. No, absolutely. I Just love that. Put, get that calendar out. So now that you gave us such a great tip, all I was asking you to do is tell us how people can get a hold of you and <laughs> the easy part. You okay. did the hard part. Well, my easy hub is uh, brendaridgely.com. And that's my website where you can find out all the stuff that I've going on, events, workshops, a couple of retreats coming up, one in Costa Rica, one in Breckenridge, Colorado. Great Christmas ideas. Uh, if, you, if you know someone who really could use some me time and focusing on themselves again. Uh, yes. And you can also access my book there. I buy, buy, 
or on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, you name it, Lady in the Tribe is available and a great stocking stuffer. Well, thank you so much for coming on today, Brenda. I hope that we've enlightened you guys a little bit on the biggest thing is let's do motherhood together because when we start connecting and we start realizing that we are in this, and I love how you put it though, the authentic connection. It's not just the friendlies all the time. And, and it's good. It's creating those, making sure if you do like the friendlies, to making those confidence and to really move forward with that. So on that note, we'll see you all next time. Thanks for tuning into the Mama Hub, Genius Hub podcast. I'm tongue-tied today, but we're going to name this. Bye, everyone. Thanks for having me. Bye, everybody. Before we wrap up, here are some key takeaways to remember. Number one, discovering your why can lead to understanding your purpose. Reflect on what motivates you in your motherhood journey. Number two, nurture connections beyond your immediate family. Cultivating friendships provides support and brings joy. Number three, don't sacrifice yourself for your kids' activities. Make sure you keep pursuing your own passions. Number four, get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Encourage your kids to explore new things, fostering growth. Number five, make plans with a friend. Pick a specific date and stick to it. Deepen those friendships for stronger support networks. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Mama Genius Hub podcast, where we aim to inspire, connect, and empower extraordinary mamas like you. Your support can make a difference. Please subscribe and leave a review on your favorite podcast platform to help us reach more mamas on their genius journey. Until next time, stay connected and keep shining your unique light in our community. Let's do motherhood together.